like doing things through a song, Ben. I think you know that about me by now. I like incorporating music to things. I can sing. Can, can you sing? Can, but can you dance? I mean, it's no. Okay, I can't. I really can't either. Not really. I, I, I think I can sing, but if you were to ask like our sports director, Zach Heilprin, he'd, <laughs> he'd say no. A little John uh, Fogarty, center field. A lot of people out in the outfield running around. As it was the home run derby last night, Juan Soto edges Julio Rodriguez for the 2022 home run derby. But I think it's under contest. It is under contest. Uh, we are officially doing today's show under protest of the uh, the gross, I would say, stealing of the first round from one Kyle Schwarber. So more will come out on this topic. I think this needs to go up to the highest levels of government investigating the gross injustice that went on. <laughs> they didn't count his home runs, right? Are, so Is that official? They uh, Is that official? I test, Ebo. You know I'm an eye test guy. I'm an eye test guy, too. The eye test counted a couple more than he actually hit. So... Here's where I'm at. Uh, great night last night. Nobody gets taken to the hospital from the outfield, which is good. Pete Alonzo lost, which is better. Hey, that hardo. Former Madison Mallard, Pete Alonzo, two-time winner. I That was my that was Man, my horse. That was my pick. Albert Pujols, Julio Rodriguez, Soto, they're having fun. They're laughing. <laughs> Pete Alonzo is deadlifting, saying, like, I am here to kill all of you. Yeah. He it's wants a million dollars. It's the home run derby, dude. And he also wanted Grow to give up. Madison Mallard another uh, bobblehead night. Dude, last time he won the home run derby, they got a Madison Mallard bobblehead night for Pete Alonzo. Which is great. Love the Mallards, but <laughs> Alonzo himself can't stand him. So, overall, can't Julio Rodriguez, you. awesome. Soto, congrats. Then he'll get traded, and it's going to break the internet. But over, I can't talk about this without accepting what happened in the first round, the injustice we saw. <laughs> so, uh, Ben, we'll get more into the home run derby. I mean, it's this is the all-star break. This is when everything's kind of, you know, slowing down in sports. Uh, Thursday is when things start coming back here. Uh, but, yeah, last night. So, Ben, um, this is how I think indifferent a lot of people are on the all-star break or just the home run derby and maybe, the, uh, you know, the Midsummer Classic tonight. I was at a bar, and you know, at a bar is when you know you got your TVs, you got your cold beer. I was place that chicken wings. Um, I was at a bar, and on the TV, no, no, was not the home run derby. It was a high school's football all star. The W what was it? WCHA all star. I don't even know what it was. It was some kind of football all star game. Well, you're cultured. I thought when you texted me, you said football, but you actually meant soccer. So I thought they were playing a soccer. No, game. No, I'm talking like. Like you put the helmet on and you go and yeah, it was someone's all-star game for high school kids, I think. And I was thinking to myself, where in the hell is the home run derby? I mean, that, that just is fitting. I asked if it could be put on Ben and I got kind of just ignored. Okay. I mean, that's fine. So I was looking at highlights and watching on my phone a little bit, but for the most part I was like, what's, what's going on? No one. No. And the bar was full. Nobody cared. Nobody cared at the bar. I mean, it was cool. You didn't miss a lot. Maybe this is the older me thinking about how much the younger me loved it, but the broadcast is really tough to watch. Yeah. And I don't mean to just complain about things today, but like when Chris Berman did it, when you had Prince Fielder, back, 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 back. Exactly. Like that. that was the prime age of all of it. I think it's, it's, it's kind of tough to ingest, I guess. It's I ca- weird. I miss, and I'm kind of done with the time now, the time limit. I kind of miss the 10 balls. Yeah. I like, I like that because every, 
You need to have a good person throwing you the ball because some of the guys last night, I know they practice or there's dads or whatever. Uh, I know you're throwing meatballs up there, but I love the fact when you had just 10 balls to hit and who could do it best because everything, it just was more dramatic that way. Well, you know, it's dramatic. It changes the fact that instead of having a split screen and you have a dude hitting and then as he's hitting more, you see where the balls are flying. It's that moment of suspense where Prince Fielder, for instance, gets yeah. into one to center, but Oof. it's a deep center field. And then the only thing they're showing is how far the ball is traveling. And you know, more stuff isn't happening at that moment. Yeah. So I agree. It's one of those things that like no sports on last night. I was going to watch it no matter what, <laughs> but compare this to where it was when Ryan Howard, Prince Fielder, prime Pujols, those guys were oh, performing. Dude, yeah. It's different and it sucks, but it is what it is. Listen, I said yesterday, as long as Pete, Ola- Pete Alonzo lost, I'd be a happy kid. I'm happy. <laughs> and, and Pete Alonzo lost. I can't complain. How about, how about, how about the news cycle for one Juan Soto though? Uh, turns down the 15 year, $440 million contract extension with the Washington nationals just to win last night. $1 million. Juan Soto. Juan Soto is going to get paid in full coming up here. It's not going to be by the Nats. Well, how about this? Julio Rodriguez. I guess a million dollars. Julio Rodriguez is making $700,000 this year. Yeah. He made seven fifty k last night. That's good for him. Coming man. in second place. He is a stud. He's going to be a star. I mean, one thing you can take away, aside from maybe not being as entertained as you wanted to be, there are a crazy amount of young studs in the game right now. Oh, totally. I mean, th- how old are these guys? 22 and 21 Tw- years old? 23. Julio Rodriguez is 21. And what's cool about him. So the future is now for Major League Baseball. Baseball in Seattle is so cool. When that team is good. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah. That's such a cool place to watch a game on TV or see that team and, and the fans get behind them. But they, they haven't made the playoffs, I think, since that maybe 2001 team. They haven't made the playoffs in forever. But it's and cool. we might know a guy who played with Ken Griffey Jr. It's crazy. Yeah. The Mariners. It's nuts, dude. That might have been when he was playing with Ken Griffey Jr. I still. think so. Yeah. I, I don't I mean, know. That was a long time ago. But yeah, you're right. Um, it's cool when you see those teams like get underway. And you know, you're talking of age. Now, was it the, the legendary pick? Albert Pujols is 42 years old. You, you see the new wave coming in of uh, Juan Soto obviously winning it all. But I thought it was kind of cool to give like Pujols a little send off. It was cool. A lot of people were unhappy about it. My only why is do you care? My response to that is it's already not the greatest thing in the world. We're just going to watch Albert Pujol swing the bat more. Would it be cool to see Vlad Jr. Swing? Absolutely. There are years and years for that to happen. It was cool that they let him in. It was rigged that they sent him on after the first round. (laughs) I think Vegas realistically, if we're being honest here, we're always Ben. If anything, we're, we're always honest. They miscounted the home runs that Kyle Schwarber hit. Am I mad because he was my pick yesterday? Maybe. Maybe that could be part of it. That's why that loss is under protest, and I will be credited with the normal credit, not going against the loss record. Fingers crossed. But I, for those that actually wagered significant money, of which there were many, and that is a very questionable action to bet on the I home run derby. Agreed. But for the big rollers, the high rollers out there that had Schwarber to win this matchup or to go deep, I mean, they got jobbed. They did. They got, they got jobbed. Vegas should refund all the bets. The BK Vision Fund 2040. <laughs> the market crashed for a minute, but then we realized there was some foul play involved. The FCC is investigating this matter. Oof. And when it reaches its conclusion, I will let you all know. All right, but that is under protest. That does not go in the loss column. Yeah, they, I mean, ESPN did not. Or, I mean, they didn't count the one of Schwarber's home runs. He would have tied. So 
But yeah, I don't know. But check this out, Ben. 23 years old, 266. 23 years, 266 days. Juan Soto, the second youngest derby champion, just one day older than the 1993 winner, Juan Gonzalez. Wow. So, yeah, the future is now. But um, that's what I love about baseball is you have all these kinds of different body types and young guys, you know, old guys, everywhere in between, are still able to produce at a high level. And, uh, like, the All-Star game tonight, I forget exactly who it was. It was, like, Aaron Judge is in there, obviously. What is he, t- like, 6'4"? And then there's six, seven, six, Jesus, six, seven. And then there's a a guy for the blue Jays. I forget his name was like five, six. And he looks like a little roly poly. So it's (laughs) like, I love, I love baseball just for the body types and you can just totally see skill sets so different for everyone, but you can still get to the the pinnacle of a career. If you're a roly poly or if you're a big six, seven giant. So if we're going to baseball nerd today, or at least for a couple minutes, I saw this yesterday. I thought it was awesome. Julio Rodriguez is 21 years old. When Albert Pujols first played in the All-Star game, I believe Julio Rodriguez was uh, two years old. Isn't that nuts? Maybe one. Isn't that nuts? So Julio Rodriguez is in the All-Star game with Albert Pujols. Pujols was in the All-Star game with Cal Ripken. I love me some Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken was in the All-Star game with Johnny Bench. Johnny Bench with Mickey Mantle. Mickey Mantle with Pee Wee Reese. Pee Wee Reese with Melot. Melot with Babe Ruth. That is a separation of like five dudes. Ben, look at you going back. Usually you're damn cool. Usually you don't like to go back that far in the annals no. of Major League Baseball. Usually not. But here we are. I love it. Born history in general. Uh, baseball's, you know? baseball's such a cool sport when it comes to you know longevity of careers and whatnot. I mean, what's the NFL? Three and a half years around there is your average lifespan of an NFL player. Uh, NBA is, I mean, unless you're a superstar, you're getting chewed up and spit out. Major League Baseball, though, you can carve out careers. Um, just yeah, it's it's cool, man. So look t- at the guy that was pitching batting practice to Julio Rodriguez. He was a catcher for years and years and years in the minor leagues. Francisco Pena. He's 32. He has spent. 16 years, I I need to find the baseball reference page again, but <laughs> he's he spent 17 years in the minor leagues. Yeah, yeah, like a, like a Brewers broadcaster, Tim Dillard, he spent like 15 years in the Brewers minor league and called a few times. Now he's covered a nice career. It's, it's crazy how these guys, can, my favorite, Ben, of the home run derby is obviously watching a bunch of dingers, but when they get the guys up there pitching the balls like you are just talking about, my favorite is when Ron Harper... Bryce Harper's dad came out and you're like, this dude must lift every plate in the gym. Yeah. He made Ed Hockley, you know, Ed Hockley, the former NFL ref who had pipes. Yep. Ron Harper, Bryce Harper's dad. It's like, test this guy for steroids right now. I bet you he could go out and win the home run derby with the pipes that guy had. Yeah. He was also one of those guys that would not let Bryce just go do another activity (laughs) on a Saturday. It's like, no, I want to go to the pool. No. No hit. You're hitting lift, lift, hit. That's it. Study the Bible. Oh, and work on your hair, too. (laughs) (laughs) Terrific. Which team has the easiest path to win its division? You have three entities. The Wisconsin Badger football team, the Green Bay Packers, or the Milwaukee Brewers, the NL Central, the NFC North, and Big Ten West. Pretty sure Ben and I will agree on who doesn't have the easiest. Would that be the Badgers? Yes. Yeah, we should probably hit that first. For those (laughs) that want to go out and talk down upon the Big Ten West and joke about how Wisconsin has a shoe into the Big Ten title game every year. First of all, they haven't won the West in three years. That's just painful to say, isn't it? It is. Second, 
they have formidable opponents up and down minus a couple. I will accept that. It has been very impressive how they have not lost to some of them ever like Purdue. And by ever, I mean in 16 years, Mm -hmm. they have not lost to Purdue yet. When you look at teams like Purdue, Purdue has awesome wins against Ohio state They have definitely had the ceiling to go beat great teams. Wisconsin just has not fallen flat against them. Nebraska. They've had some close games. They have had. Very close games. Was it last year or two years ago when Indiana almost beat Ohio State? Uh, Last year. 2020. 2020. And then. But almost is a strong. Well, wasn't it like in the 40s for each team? Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State was always up a couple touchdowns. But then Indiana scored the last one to make it like an eight point game. Never rooted for the Hoosiers harder. Yeah, but I I mean, you look at the schools like Purdue, Iowa's obviously been formidable. Them and Wisconsin have gone back and forth for the Mm -hmm. most part. Uh, And I mean, Iowa's gone to Big Ten title games and almost won one. Minnesota's been a co-champ. Minnesota. Yeah, they have the rings to prove it. I mean, I don't remember them being in the Big Ten title game, but yeah, they have the rings to prove it. You can say whatever you want about Minnesota. They are in a pretty good spot as a program. Yeah. I mean, they beat Wisconsin twice in four years, or twice in three years? Twice in three years, I think. Twice four years. in 17 years? 2018. <laughs> but, yeah, take it back farther. Take it back farther. We don't want to give them that much credit. Yeah, come on. But my point is, at this point, they are definitely a formidable foe. Yeah. Nebraska's been a disaster. And, I mean, until they make a bowl game, you're not really going to look upon them with much respect as a team and what they could do. But still. What history did they make last year? Was it nine? Was it? They... They went one and eight That's in conference, and their Point scoring differential, differential zero. was zero. Yeah, that's they insane. beat Northwestern forty nine to nothing and lost the eight games by a combined forty nine points. Wild, which is crazy. <laughs> their is only crazy. two possession loss came against Ohio State, very good Ohio State team. Yeah. They lost by nine. So, I uh, so yeah, Wisconsin is not. They do not have the easiest path. I think we have to lay that out. They also get tough games in the Big Ten East when they cross over. Mm-hmm. This year, they get Ohio State, Michigan State, and Maryland. In the past, I obviously, we saw last year, Penn State and Michigan both beat them. Then Wisconsin beat Rutgers. But the Big Ten as a whole, very strong. The Big Ten West, stronger than people will give it credit for. This year, Purdue has the best quarterback in the division in Aiden O'Connell. I don't think their roster can really compete with Wisconsin, but they'll be formidable. Nebraska should be a good game. And I say that while also accepting it'll be Nebraska. And it's also be a mess. Nebraska. So it is. Uh, Wisconsin has to go to Iowa. Iowa's going to be the exact same team. They've always been. Yeah, that's back to back to Iowa, then Nebraska too. Yeah. And then who else? I mean, Illinois is a disaster, but Bielema has them better than they've been. I guess at Camp Randall, they beat Penn state last year, but mm-hmm. Wisconsin should have no trouble with them. And Northwestern, I mean, every even year. Well, that grass is so long there, it's hard to run. They're like the San Francisco Giants. And though. the gray, just the gray overcast. And the dreary stadium. So, such a crappy day. And no one's ever there. It's so just lulls you to sleep. Actually, most of the time it's away fans there. Yeah. Okay, well, let me ask you guys. Who, in your opinion, is going to win the Big Ten West? If I had to, Wisconsin's the favorite. I would pick Wisconsin if I had to guess today. RJ? Yeah, I'd go with that. Though, what we're talking about, it's hard. We are. 
but because there are five teams that can win the West. I guess this, this is up against though in the Twitter poll and what we're talking about up against the Packers and the NFC North and the Brewers and the NL Central. Are you including Nebraska in the five teams, or are you saying Illinois? There is a situation where Nebraska does. Okay. I think they are the least likely. Their yeah. odds are the second highest, which is just the natural Nebraska bump. Yeah. But Wisconsin's number one. Well, about Minnesota, a month ago, they were the highest. Yeah, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Minnesota, I think, has a legitimate shot to win the West this well, year. Okay. They would have beaten Ohio State last year had Ibrahim not torn, yeah, torn his, his stuff. His, uh, um, was that game number Achilles? one? That, yeah, thank you. Was it ha- like right before halftime? Yes. Yeah. In the first week? I yeah. don't think yeah. they would have won that game. It would have been closer, but that also was Stroud's first game. Yeah. And there were clearly freshmen or redshirt freshmen growing pains mm-hmm. there. But Minnesota, I would say, is the second highest chance, and they're going to be legit. Iowa's going to be the exact same team. They obviously will be legit. They won it last year. Yep. Purdue is the best quarterback in the division. They're going to be good, but not to the level of Wisconsin or Iowa. How much defense did they lose from last year? Carla, I, I mean, they lost their, their big dogs. Right. So, so it'll be interesting to see how that the defensive side turns out for them. Yeah. But offensively, uh, you well, know, as added, long as the Badgers aren't dropping back every, every play and <laughs> – and intercepting footballs. <laughs> well, Wisconsin won that game last year. Graham Mertz attempted eight passes. Yeah. Yep. So they just ran through them, and Purdue could do nothing because they were a horrible running team last year. Absolutely. So yep. then Leo Chanel just p- pinned his ears back and got after right. it. Right, and you could have people drop back and be zone, man, whatever it was. It was working for the defense against Purdue last year. Yeah, so it is it is not the toughest test. You look across last 10 years, most wins in the conference as a whole, Big Ten, Wisconsin 93 in second place behind Ohio State. Uh, you go down, and then you find a big bunch of West teams, Iowa 82, Minnesota 72, Northwestern 69, Nebraska 62. Nice. You have to go a little further nice. down for Purdue because they've been struggling, but nine wins last year, they're legit. The Big Ten West is legit. Don't crap on it. Wisconsin has a tougher road to the Big Ten title than they had previously when the division was worse. But it also doesn't mean they're not the favorite. Yes, and this is the easiest path. Just because we think they can win doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Easy. And in sports or in life in general, nothing really does come easy, does it? Except if you're the Packers in the NFC North. Or the Brewers in the NL Central. This is when we right. get into it. So the, this is where the coin flip happens. So uh, the Green Bay Packers obviously reside in the NFC North. And you look at the NFC North, and by God, it is not that strong of a division. <laughs> so the NFC North, in case you forgot, they it's have the Green Bay great. Packers, who always seem to win the NFC North. They have the Minnesota Vikings, who try to uh, do their best, but they have new uh, new coaching staff and uh, GM. And then you look at the Chicago Bears, they are a dumpster fire right now. They have a new coach, a new GM, and they have guys getting arrested in the offseason. Yep. And they have just one of the worst <laughs> offensive lines. Yep. One of the worst offensive lines in football. So Justin Fields is going to be running for his life. Free Justin Fields. And they also lost some pieces on defense. <laughs> so you look at the Bears, and I have said this many times leading up to this conversation, that I think the Chicago Bears are going to finish last in the NFC North. And then yeah. you have the perennial losers that are the Detroit Lions. Now, the Lions last year, kind of like a Nebraska team, right? Nebraska lost a lot of close games. The Lions, they covered just about every single game. They lost a ton of games. Good yeah. comp. But, but my God, they covered. 
They were in every single game and to the end. And it seems those guys love playing for Dan Campbell. And Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell, you want to talk about psychopaths and coffee? Dan Campbell, his coffee order is in. I don't know how that man doesn't have a heart attack every day. I have still brought it up. If we want to have fun on air one day, I will do the Dan Campbell coffee challenge. I don't want you to die. And see, yeah. But if my heart fails on live radio, that would be awesome for ratings. It would be. Would it? Yeah. They say that'd be so electric. <laughs> yeah. Especially for Ben's haters. They'll be like, yes, yes, like, yes. Get a whole bunch of call-ins. Is I'll, he gone? I'll have to get the crash card Has in he left here. us? Bill will dance on my grave a bit. That'll be hilarious. <laughs> How Bill, does that work? Like, Bill if you, will run with that moment. If you OD on caffeine like that, do you call like the crash card in to kind of pump the heart back? Or yeah. Is it already, do you? Or is it too pumped for caffeine? Like, already hit you with like, yeah, what are they... What's the equivalent of like a Narcan for caffeine? They got to give you some melatonin to, to, to calm like you down? Like Xanax? They just start like <laughs> pumping you with sedatives? Like a, they give you a Zanny? Some saline solution? I don't know. How, I don't they know horse tranquilize my ass? I don't know how that works. Huh. Give you some ketamine or something? <laughs> a horse tranquilizer? I have no idea. All right, so looking at the NFC North, I think the, the Packers are running away with the NFC North. A gun to my head, the Packers easily win the NFC North. They're already a shoo-in for the playoffs. Even with... Uh, you know, the wide receiver fiasco that they have going on right now. Barring injury. Barring injury, correct. Well, Which yes, obviously. Goes without saying for all of these situations. Last 10 years, listen to this. The Packers are 103-56-2, and two, two ties. The Minnesota Vikings, who are their only formidable opponent in the division, and I guess for this conversation we could say this year. They're one of those ties. Because <laughs> team, teams have, tr- have been trending up and down, right? Like the NL Central was tough. When the Cubs were really good, obviously, that goes without saying. So yeah. maybe for this year, maybe the last couple of years, we could say it. But the Vikings, 87, 72, and 2. The Chicago Bears are 71 and 90. And the Detroit Lions, 64, 95, and 2. Careful when you say the. Ohio State's looking for money when you say that, okay? You know, they've, <laughs> know. they've trademarked it so <laughs> for, they can use it on apparel. Apparel, yes. <laughs> so the Packers, to me, man, I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers always makes you a playoff favorite, a Super Bowl favorite. Um, he's always made the wide receiver his entire career. I know no Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the game, it hurts. Uh, hell, Justin Jefferson. He's in 99, by the way. For the Minnesota Vikings was saying that Devontae Adams indeed is the best wide receiver in the game. But after this year, Justin Jefferson <laughs> proclaims that he will be the best wide receiver. He's right. He's a different quarterback. I was going to say, if you are, right. if, if he ends up being the best wide receiver in the game with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback, I'll believe him. Yeah. I'll believe him. But he says Devontae Adams is too good when it comes to that route running, and we know that as Packer fans watching. How did how did Devontae Adams not become a 99 until David Carr was his quarterback? I don't, I don't Well, they're going off what the your previous, oh, right? So, yeah. Derek Carr. Yeah. And oh. did I say Derek? He said David. No, I didn't. just... We know. Not a very necessary... Not a, car. <laughs> not a not a necessary See? correction, but I know in these kind of things, someone's going to call in and say, "You meant Derek." That's that's fine. I said I did say Derek. He said Derek. I did. I thought he said David. Doesn't matter. I think you just wanted to hear David. I don't know. David's a good looking dude. Yeah, he is. All right, and then there's the. Well, <laughs> He's so also kind of a douche. Well, he had the he had the he had the hopes and aspirations of every Texan fan on his shoulders. Being his brother, yeah. And then you have the Brewers it who reside. The younger siblings, the better one. And then you got the Brewers who reside in the NL Central. The Brewers, in my opinion, obviously the Cardinals are now a half game back uh, of the Brewers for first place in the NL Central. The Brewers, though, are their biggest nemesis. Like the Brewers are their own worst enemy here. Have we seen it happen? They're Hell, just, just just look like the Giants uh, series that just happened for the All Star break. The Brewers they lost on a Bach, they lost on Josh Hader looking human, and they lost. Uh, uh, there was another one that was uh, 
Nah, they got their ass to spank the other one. Yeah. So, I mean, the Brewers are Jason their own Alexander pitched five innings. And the the cornice of Jason runs. Alexander did what then? It is no longer a cornice. Uh, he has been designated, no, not designated for assignment. He's been optioned to AAA. The avalanche control people just could not get the cornice under control. It ended up facing some sort of big wind gust and or external force like an earthquake. It collapsed, and I we're still trying to see the death toll from the skiers below. He was good for what he needed to be, though, for the Brewers uh, in, in, with all these injuries. But the Brewers' schedule gets a little easier. They are have more games Ugh. at home. I'm just trying to give you know why it, the path could be easier for the Brewers. And listen, the NL Central, you got the Pirates, you got the Reds, and the Cubs. The only thing that they got to worry about is the Cardinals. <laughs> You actually put it very well. The Brewers I usually do. are going toe-to-toe with the Cardinals, but they are in a different spot than the Packers because they also have to battle themselves Yeah, and themselves collapsing. Uh, correct. So I think that inherently makes it harder. But much like the NL Central, you look at the NFC North, the NFC North is riddled with far less superior teams. The NL Central, far less superior teams. Who is then? Is the Minnesota Vikings then the equivalent of the St. Louis Cardinals? Yep. For their respected divisions? All right, so start thinking. Easiest path. You got an analogy about geese? It was so, Listen, I wanted to run it by Grant because I know he is a big fan of saying everything in nature terms. You got to look at something in nature or a, some bucket of stew or whatever right, he so uses. We'll, we'll get to that moment. To explain everything, but I couldn't outline it with him. I, it has to do with them getting a bat. All right, we'll, we'll get to it, but first, uh, Connor and Ben, i got to ask you guys this. So, um, the MLB All-Star game, there's a new wrinkle to it tonight. Uh, if it ends, it's going to go nine innings, and if it does indeed end in a tie, they will go to a home run derby to see who wins between the NL and the AL. Are pitchers hitting? That's what I said. If it goes to a home run derby. I'll watch that. I'd watch if pitchers are Slugging homers. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this, though. There was once meaning, more meaning for the All-Star game because it decided who got home field advantage, the AL or the NL, who, uh, and usually the AL usually wins this thing. There was a tie many, many moons ago. The MLB All-Star game was at then Miller Park, and there was a tie, and people absolutely lost their minds over it. Yeah. Because obviously it, des- it decided something. 2002, it, it ended 7-7 seven to seven in a tie. And Bud Selig called it off, and people were just livid. That how dare you end in a tie? I can't believe this. This is absolutely terrible. Blah, 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 blah. Now, people are desperately wanting a tie. Obviously, it means a little less because it does not decided you know, who gets home field. But now, do you guys like the idea of a tie and then a home run derby? Or is it, let's play it out and see what happens? Or, I just don't care. I mean, I don't think it really matters in the grand scheme of things. But having a home run derby at the end sounds kind of fun. Although, that could just go super late, too. Then? It's one of those things that I would care about if it directly affected me. Yeah, uh, it, <laughs> it like, affects nobody now. Like I used to care about the all-star game when the Phillies were good. And when I was younger and uh, growing up, when they could make the World Series, I wanted home field advantage. So I would care. And I get caring in that sense and hating the tie. The only thing that will keep me up to watch is if instead of a home run derby with Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols lining out to the third baseman, I would like to see Clayton Kershaw and others, especially every American League reliever that's never picked up a bat. I want to watch them try to hit the baseball. Oh, yeah. 
All right, so I have the rules here for you guys. Uh, the rules of a tiebreaker for the All-Star game tonight uh, state that the manager of each league's All-Star team shall select three players on his team's active roster who have agreed to tar- to participate in the All-Star tiebreaker. If applicable, one alternate player from his active roster who has agreed to participate, uh, if necessary due to injury to a tiebreaker selection, an All-Star team coach who will throw batting practice during the All-Star tiebreaker, and an All-Star team bullpen catcher who will catch for the tiebreaker. So the, the manager gets to select their players. Shohei Otani should be outlawed. He should not be allowed to be selected for this activity. Should Juan Soto be outlawed? All of the people that have ever hit a home run in their career, <laughs> I think, should be outlawed. So we should give it to, I think it would be, I think, Ben, you brought it up. Pitchers can go up yeah. there and do it. I mean, how cool. I mean, listen, if you're a Major League Baseball player, you grew up being a, a badass at any position out on the field, I'd imagine. But do you want to know why pitchers got so good at pitching? Because they couldn't hit. Well, look at Corbin Burns. I know he's not going to be playing Brandon in the Woodruff All-Star game. Too. Brandon Woodruff Smashing. went yard off of Clayton Kershaw in the NLCS. Corbin Burns has hit some dingers. And I do believe, was it Adrian Hauser who also hit some dingers for I the Brewers? So. Yeah. So, obviously, no one's going to, those guys are going to be playing in the All-Star <laughs> game. But it would be badass to see pitchers get up there. Sans a Shohei Otani. Because he's a... Uh, he's both. Just a freak of nature. Yeah. I'm excited to see. So, um... We'll see what happens. But, yes, I just think it's funny that years ago people just lost their minds that how dare it end in a tie. Now everyone desperately wants the All-Star game to end in a tie. Do you think Josh Hader, maybe to flip the switch from instead of giving up all the runs, do you think him doing a couple home run derby swings could change his mojo on the mound? (laughs) Or then he stops giving up home runs, he starts hitting them? It's a game of confidence. If he's smashing something over the fence, he might feel a little better. Yeah, so Connor, as a Bruce fan that you are, are you concerned about Josh Hader? He's had every July since 2019 he's been blown up. Are you concerned about Hader? It's like, no, he's a Hader. He'll figure it out. I like to think that'll figure it out. I mean, he'll have a nice break here. I mean, he just had a kid, so his mind's not, like, fully on baseball. Sure. And the Brewers just suck as it is right now. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, if the team comes back and starts playing well the second half, I think we'll see the hater that we're used to seeing. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we'll figure it out. We, ben and I talked about it yesterday. Uh, Hater every July just gets pummeled. Yeah. And then what do we know about him? He becomes the best reliever in baseball again. So, yeah. All right, Benjamin, speaking of the Milwaukee Brewers, you had, uh, you, you said you were going to, you went on a run the other day and Listen. You, you ran a, did you run into like a flock of geese or? No, no. I was out exercising. You poop I, on you and it flew over your head or what happened? Went on a run around beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, towards the end, I was walking back towards the center of town on John Nolan Drive. And if you've driven on it uh, around Madison, you know, it's right in between Monona and the smaller part of Monona, which has a name that I don't know, but that doesn't matter for these purposes. So I'm walking and, uh, you know, as I finish my run and and I'm kind of decompressing physically, I I was in a lot of pain. I I look out on the (laughs) lake and there's a there's a flock of nine geese swimming. And obviously, Mama Goose is in front, and then there are eight little goose geese behind her. And weirdly, the first thing I thought of was that reminds me of the Brewers lineup, just without the big Mama Geese at the top. They are very good at following the person in front of them, but there's nobody to lead the way and go off to then instill confidence in everybody else. So then I keep walking. <laughs> 
And there is... You're, you're walking now. No running anymore. No, I, I was walking as I was thinking okay. about the goose thing. And then there were a bunch of ducks. Now, ducks, obviously, a lot less organized than the geese. And my thought there was maybe two months down the road, if this gets bad and there are more injuries and the team just can't figure out a way to score enough runs to win baseball games, you could become discombobulated like the ducks. And there's no like the best lineups in baseball have that flow where I whether it's from the bottom uh, coming up to the top, you always feel that, okay, there's the good on base guy at the top of the lineup. There's the Freddie Freeman in the middle. They have the flow through it where you can feel the danger zones. The Brewers don't have that. They just have a bunch of secondary little geese and and they need the they big have, one. They have no mama goose to lead the way. No. So I say all this to say, I, I mean, this might've been my realization moment, but it's time to go trade for mama goose. And that is, and this kind of coincides, the Athletic did not. Juan Soto. I mean, that is a pipe dream, and, and that would, he would fill, fit the bill. Uh, usually. Pun intended, fit the bill. Usually, yeah. Mama Geese are a little bit older. Juan is younger, right. but that would work. Josh Bell, the Athletic, brought this up. But Juan Soto is like the golden goose. And I don't think Josh the Brewers, Bell's pretty good, though. I don't think the Brewers can be affording the golden goose that lays the golden egg in Juan Soto. But Josh Bell's a guy you could get for. Obviously not the King's Ransom Soto will go for. He could play first, and then you DH Telez, or you find a way to platoon the two. I mean, Telez has been so inconsistent, but you could have one guy at first, the other guy DHing, and that could be some of your difference. Because when you add Bell, not only are you showing the lineup that you're trying, which will naturally instill energy in it, but you also, when Bell goes in at third or at four behind Yelich and Adamas, that also pushes the rest of the guys back. Yep. So instead of the five hitter, McCutcheon's the six. Instead of the eight hitter, Colton Wong is ninth. It just makes the lineup infinitely better. So that was my thought yesterday. Uh, flock of geese. There you go. Do you take any substances <laughs> before you run? Like No. Some people do like pre-workout and they just get loaded with caffeine. Are you like what are psychedelics or something before you like, you see these these geese and these ducks, and you're like, you know what? This is the Milwaukee Brewers. <laughs> what did I eat before I ran yesterday? Shrooms? No, I had, I had a quick trip burrito. No, I had like uh, a handful. Your hummus, of, your hummus bowl? No, I had a handful of peanuts. Are you, do you have a, 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 and a, a seltzer. Do you have a an allergy to peanuts? Does it like mess with your brain or something? No. Okay. No, they're great fuel. I love the, I love the, the mind of Ben. The, hun, the, hunter, the, the runner's high hits you. But listen, they, they were start all, thinking of uh, they were geese all following the in such a perfect way at the perfect speed, and that's what the Brewers lineup could be because Yelich, Adamas, Telez, and Renfro, those four together, and maybe McCutcheon, at their peak, they are great secondary geese. You know, they could follow that lead of the middle of the order thumper who sets the tone. Doesn't have to be the leadoff guy, but they just don't have that big, okay. significant mama goose. So let me ask you then. Does one bat cure what ails the Milwaukee Brewers? No, because still, even if that one bat comes, the rest of the lineup has to get hot. But I think it could do wonders. The same way when you fire a manager, there is energy instilled in the clubhouse just naturally because of the change of vibe, change of scenery. I think there's something to be like said. Like when they got Willie Adamas last year. Exactly. That's a great example. So I, maybe if Josh Bell comes in and performs like Adamas did last year, it could do wonders, but you still need the rest of the team hitting come playoff time. I've said that the whole time. I But the more, as time goes on more and more, I, I am more and more in the camp of, they just got to get something done. Plus, if the Nationals are trading Soto and they're getting a King's Ransom, 
one would think they would be okay with parting with Josh Bell for a little less if they're about to rebuild their entire mm. team and farm system with one move. Maybe the other, they don't try to get it all done there. I like the idea, and I like it all. Um, but going what I know about the Milwaukee Brewers, they've always been, in these past couple of years, have been in the position of winning the NL Central, getting to the playoffs. And every year, when it comes to the trade deadline, they essentially stand pat. They stick with the roster that they have. I mean, they made some minor moves here and there. But it's always come trade deadline, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, David Stearns will go out and get a relief pitcher who's got an ERA around three, who's like early 30s. And but they'll, they they'll milk it for all it's worth, and he'll, he'll be good for the Brewers, but you'll never see them make a big splash move. Like, when have the Brewers ever done that? The silence is deafening. Yeah, uh, CC Sabathia, I guess. Well, I mean, it's not a stick, though. It's an arm. But, right. yeah. but that is that Making one impact guy. Yeah. And that was, you know, and then they got to the playoffs. Get it done. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. Which, It'd be awesome to get uh, Josh Bell. There's something probably to be said that after pitching on three days rest for the second half of the year, oh. he finally breaks down in the playoffs. You know, I there could be some cause and effect. I think we got to the bottom of your uh, geese and duck analogy of the Brewers. My brother Doogie just hit me up, and Doogie says... He just ate peanuts. Sounds like he's hallucinating, hallucinating from starvation. If you're just eating a handful of peanuts. I, I didn't just eat peanuts. I oh, had, okay. I oh, had, and a seltzer. No, I had lunch about an hour and a half before. <laughs> Come on now. No, I like it. I, we're just trying to get to the bottom of you running on John Nolan and looking at geese and, and ducks. I was just dead tired walking around a large body of water. What the hell else am I going to think about? I, lo- I love it, Ben. I, I was mean, thinking about the show today. A.J. Dillon has had quite the news cycle. We had it yesterday. Uh, over the weekend, he did the Oklahoma drill with the, uh, what is it, the Kenosha Kingfish mascot. Uh, A.J. Dillon is a big boy. He's thickums. The mascot was 150 pounds, <laughs> a cross-country runner. He got annihilated. Connor, I showed it to you yesterday. Yeah. Uh, ben, you saw the video, too. The dude just got blown up. Yeah, we need to respect our mascots a little more here. I, I think they're all getting a kind of uh, laughing down to rap these days. Well, I mean, the, the, does the mascot bring it on itself a little bit? It's like, that's what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to kind of like have fun with the mascot. But fun is, when I picture the most fun a mascot can have, I think about Tommy Lasorda beating the crap out of the Philly Fanatic with his yeah, own blow-up doll. Yeah. But that's fun. The Packers running back just demolishing you and then the head coming off. It's, it's hilarious. Little, it's funny, but it's a little cruel. Dude, I'm sure the mascot like asked for that. You know, it's not like they're going to say, oh, you're going to go up well, against a professional well, running back. Actually, Connor, I got to stop you right there. We Uh-oh. found out yesterday that the MC of the uh, game went up to the mascot moments before <sighs> the Oklahoma Joe and said, oh, by the way, A.J. Dillon's here. You're going to do the Oklahoma Joe. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. For my readings, for my readings reading oh, yesterday. I have a video, though. Let's hear from the mascot himself. I'm here to defend mascot oh, can rights. Get him on. Well, I have a, he was on the news, actually. I have the clip right here. Take a listen to uh, the mascot that got just obliterated by the quad father, the quadzilla, A.J. Dillon. Take a look at this. That's Packers running back A.J. Dillon going viral on Saturday after he knocks out the Kenosha Kingfish mascot. This happened at the Packers celebrity softball game. And over the past 48 hours, 
Yeah, Twitter has been buzzing with this video. Right now, we're joined by the man wearing that mascot suit, UW-Milwaukee track and field athlete, Trey Meyer. Trey, thank you for your time. I first have to ask you, are you okay? Are you okay? I, I, I can confirm that I, that I am okay. I'm feeling great right now. I'm he does not sound like he's okay. He's a little bit concussed. He sounds a little dazed and confused. You're feeling great. All right. So you, I'm guessing you watched the video. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through what happened? How did you become face-to-face with A.J. Dillon right there? <sighs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, so... Um, at the beginning of the day, um, the, the MC actually actually came up to me and uh, told me I was going to be doing the Oklahoma drill. You know, I didn't think much of it at first. I texted my dad. I was like, I'm going to be doing the Oklahoma drill versus uh, versus AJ Dillon. He's like, you got this. <laughs> and um, I go face to face with him. His dad was um, lying. I get sent flying backwards, and I man, I, I did not have it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the. How was it? <sighs> Does it not have it? Bad respect, Trey. <laughs> Watching that video, does it hurt even more? It hurts. It hurts. It hurts a little bit more watching it. I think it hurts more watching it than than actually being a part of it. So, but yeah, it's, it it was all in good fun. So, he, he's he's either really nervous, which he probably is, but he also seems like there might be a concussion. It sounds there. like a guy that didn't have much of a choice. And now doesn't want to talk bad about the MC manager guy, yeah. and then he'll lose his job. Yeah. Listen, we need to. I'm going to stand up for mascot rights today. All right, let's let's hear a little more from Quick. Definitely. Okay, so here's what AJ Dillon told our crew at the game after the hit. Take a listen. You're going to be having nightmares. That one. That's one thing that always still catches me, catches me as a shock, man. It's just you, you guys are here for me. Like what? Uh, it's so cool, so humbling, and I'm very grateful. He's gonna what is your nightmares. reaction to his reaction? He said, going to have nightmares about that? I, you know, I, I might have some nightmares about that, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I still have the snapshot of, of him uh, uh, face-to-face with me uh, as, as he's barreling towards me. So, you know, that, that might be, be replaying in my mind a couple times for the next couple weeks. So, You said you text your dad, and your dad said, you got this. Now, you, we all know you can't mess with mama's baby. Yep. So what did your mom have to say? <laughs> uh, the video ends right there. Uh, mama must not have much to say besides uh, don't disappoint me, son. The guy sounds like he's got like PTSD now yeah. over this hit with AJ. <laughs> he's going to have nightmares about this one. All right, there you go. There's uh, there's the update from uh, Trey, the, uh, the 150-pound soaking wet track and field guy who had to do the Oklahoma drill against a professional running back in A.J. Dillon. Well played, Trey. I respect you for that, man. And rumor is oh. he did not get a bump in pay for doing that. He uh, still got his one hot dog you were given for working in the Northwoods <laughs> League and a pat on the back and say, good job. Free Trey. Ben, standing up for mascot rights everywhere. Free Trey, man. It's messed up. Again. First, first, someone tries to sue the Philly fanatic out of its entire image because they say it copied something, which was false. What did it copy? I don't know. Some other stupid mascot, but wait, did you just call the Philly fanatic? No, some other mascot, comma, that's quite stupid. Okay. So then, and now we have this, obviously, I I, I don't know. It's, it's tough. Have you, I shared, I shared the story yesterday that I was a mascot twice. I was Clifford, the big red dog. That's not a mascot. Well, I was in the, that's a suit. I was in the, the big red dog suit. And I will say it being a mascot sucks because kids really want to punch kick in the nuts. When you're wearing oh, that mascot thing. Have awesome. you ever been a mascot? 
Connor? I have not been a mascot. I've got some buddies that have been mascots, but I've never suited up for one, no. Bispin? Braylon Allen also. I want to commend him in this situation. Oh, yeah. He actually did Oklahoma drill against uh, Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. The Doc Spiders mess. But Braylon Allen kind of slowed himself up before impact, thinking about the yeah. the ramifications. 